This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Bruno here with Andrew Fiorentino, and we are the Great Ones. Today is March 24, 2016, and Andrew, there are quite a few different outlooks for teams as the season winds down, and I thought we'd take a few a look at a few of them. Uh, I also wrote about this in my From the Press Box piece that will be online tomorrow. Let's hit up a few of these teams and see what's gone on and what might go on in the near future for them, beginning in, da- I think, a neat story in Dallas. Yeah, well, if you insist, we'll... We'll talk about hockey. <laughs> There's a neat story unfolding in, in Dallas. Uh, that They've been big news all season long, but I don't think Jim Nell quite gets the credit for the wheeling and dealing that's put this team in, in a great position to contend. And uh, certainly the Chicago Blackhawks have seen a lot of these, enough of these guys all year. There's been five games between the clubs, and in no fewer than four of them, Andrew, the Stars have rolled up a 4 nothing lead. Yeah, but uh, they've lost Tyler Sagan uh, just last week, and that's that's a, a huge loss for, for any team to lose a player of that caliber. Uh, they're saying he's going to be back for the playoffs uh, from his uh, cut to his Achilles, but I remember Eric Carlson suffering a similar injury a couple of years back. He was out quite a long, quite a bit longer than that. Yeah, there was uh, u- there were some ugly pictures of that online, and uh, but what I what I seem to have found out there is that that he will be in good shape to come back earlier because it's not a complete rip of the of the tendon it's just an ugly looking scar that's going to be left uh, as far as I'm I've been made aware but yeah I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go picking him in playoff pools though any kind <laughs> of Achilles injury uh, can really take away your explosiveness and I think that uh, we're going to find that Sagan maybe can't quite skate the same way for the rest of this season 
possibly, but you know, it, it bears mentioning still that Nil has acquired no fewer than four or five of their top-end players in trade. And, and there are a lot of people, a lot of observers say that you can't build a team through trades. you got to build them through the draft. But he's put the finishing touches on this roster but with some sweet wheeling and dealing. And I thought we'd review four, these four deals. The Sagan one, uh, of course, everybody knows, he got, was picked up from Boston. Uh, the Bruins tired of his off-ice antics and really didn't find a way to fit him into their top two centers. Something about Krejci and Bergeron in the way there, but uh, he certainly has been, been given that opportunity in Dallas and has really run with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, the, that's that's a trade the Bruins will will regret forever. Uh, and you look at yeah, uh, certainly great deals there by by Jim Nil. The Jason Spezza deal, I think you have to say, has worked out amazingly. Uh, you know, they they sent the, that Alex Chiasson. Uh, Chiasson. I never get his name right. We go with Chase on the border. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah sure, that's good. Um, <laughs> like a Chase Lounge, but yeah, wrong. something like something like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Spezza fell out of favor in Ottawa. They they kind of soured on him and his ability to lead the club when it became clear that uh, Alfredson was no longer able to do it, and he just failed to fit into that situation, and that kind of greased the skids on him going out. Uh, in this deal and and there you have nil acquiring not only the top center on this team but the number two guy and and he did it at a time when the league was uh not rife with top end uh, centermen so to, for him to get two offensively skilled guys they've got a pretty good one-two punch over there in dallas i think one of the best in the league yeah um i i can't uh, disagree with you it's i mean it's not it's not crosby malkin but it's not a whole lot worse no, and but what the head scratcher for me of these deals was Antti Niemi, Andrew. They already had Kari Lehtinen in the fold, and I was I was really wondering why would they pull the trigger on Niemi? But they they proved me wrong here so far this year. The tandems worked. It sort of worked. I mean, neither Niemi nor Lehtinen really has been particularly good. They both have you know well below average uh, rate stats in terms of you know goalies around the league. Uh, I thought the Niemi trade was weird in the first place in that he was going to be a, an unrestricted free agent this summer, uh, and they traded for him so that they could sign him before he <laughs> went into free agency. Why didn't they just sign him in free agency? Why did they give up a pick for him? I think they just wanted the exclusive opportunity, but when you have a Kerry Lettinen in the fold, this guy was already a, for, uh, a highly regarded guy, number one. Uh, number first round draft pick rather, and their number one guy for years, and uh, now they got two number ones, uh, as far as I can tell. And I mean, they wouldn't rank in the top five in the league, but they're I don't no. Know if they would rank in the top fifteen in the league. Oh, I think I would. I would look put, at those nine oh one and nine oh six save percentages. That's ugly, man. That's yeah, ugly. That, that's ugly behind a, a team that doesn't play a lot of defense for sure. And uh, rounding out the four trades that I want to highlight, Patrick Sharp was another situation. Miami and Sharp, they plucked both of them in separate deals from the Hawks within a couple of weeks of one another prior to the beginning of this season and early on in the free agency. And and they really rounded out their offense here. Uh, I, this is one team that's that's developed the bulk of the core of their roster through trades, and that's why I thought we would mention them. But uh, at the other end of the spectrum and closer to home, I I really love as a fan what's happening in the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, you have to love uh, William Nylander looking good. Garrett Sparks uh, is giving them uh, dare I say a, a spark in net. 
yeah, is it too easy? Was it too easy? It, it, yes, it was. It was too. I should have should have probably gone in a different direction. <laughs> well, and, and you know they have uh, introduced me to about thirteen other prospects as oh, season, yeah as prospects found. you didn't even know about. Uh, they, That's they're, right. They're pulling them out of their ears. They're pulling them out of hats, shoes. Uh, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and and they haven't even shown uh, Mitch Marner, who, who's ripping apart the Ontario Hockey League scoring race. And uh, this team has acquired, through the wheeling and dealing lease have done, they've picked up no fewer than a record 12 draft picks in the upcoming June draft. I can't wait to see what they do with them. And uh, optimism is alive and well in uh, in the big smoke up here. What was that I said the last time you, you mentioned those 12 draft picks? A chance to draft 12 busts? <laughs> well, I'm hoping that they they catch fire with at least one or two of the early ones, and maybe even the first overall. Uh, we got to hope for the ping pong balls falling their way this year. Got to start losing a little more uh, to do that. <laughs> yeah, they they won five of their last six, and uh, but they got a tough schedule the rest of the way. They got Anaheim coming in, and then Boston, and then a road trip to Florida, where it's been Death Valley for them this season. So I'm I'm thinking they're on the the cusp of a four game losing streak beginning to, with tonight's tilt against Anaheim. Uh, the third team, Andrew, that we, we want to highlight, though, is the Ottawa Senators. Eugene Melnick blew his stack the other day, and uh, I think uh, there's going to be a major rebuild in Ottawa. And one of the things that was a telltale sign to me that things were in, they were in big trouble was that they sought to make a deal with the Leafs, their arch rivals, <laughs> to try and salvage their season. And it really didn't work out. In fact, it may backfire in a, in a monstrous way. Yeah, and I mean, well... Here's the thing, is that they didn't exactly pay the dearest cost to acquire Phaneuf. Uh It was a, a reasonable price, I think, that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't really cripple them as an organization going forward. But obviously not the direction you would have gotten if you knew you would be sitting right here uh, you know, come March 24. Well, Phaneuf's going to be the gift that keeps on, keeps on giving. He's on the books for at least three more years with a big ticket, and uh, this, this is a team that's going to be looking squarely at a bit of a reshaping and a rejuggling of their roster, and obviously a new head coach probably in the summertime too. Uh, Melnick wants wants blood, and and there's going to be big changes in Ottawa. And I think that what I think there's going to be big changes uh, sweeping across the Canadian teams as a whole this off season. <laughs> That's true. They're going to be playing cribbage while the rest of the NHL hockey teams are are in the playoffs, and that's a major blow to Canadian television. We've talked about that last week, and uh, I'm still I'm going to be suffering a bit of a hangover, hockey hangover, I think. But uh, Andrew, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There, that's a quick look at three of the 30 teams around the league and the trouble that awaits them, uh, troubles or maybe a positive outcome for Dallas, but. Uh, trouble in Ottawa, and we'll we'll see. The jury's still out in Toronto, but uh, every team at this part of the season has to kind of do a bit of a review of what has happened. Are they well-positioned for the future? And what about these playoffs? And uh, there's a lot of questions that will be answered in the next couple of months, and I can't wait to get into all of that in the coming weeks with you on this show. But let's switch gears. We we talk on a weekly basis about the most added players around the league. I look at the uh, CBS sports line to pick up these figures. Tops on the list there is Cody Eakin in Dallas. He's managed to find his way in the top six on uh, the, one of the more potent offenses in the league, yet he's only owned in 26% of the leagues, Andrew. Yeah, call it the, the Jamie Benn effect. Uh, he's skating alongside Ben there on the first line uh, operate, and operating by one of your principles of the, uh, the right-hand man. Uh, we should all be going out and grabbing Cody Eakin, especially when we look at what he's done uh, recently, especially with Sagan out of the lineup. Last seven games, five goals and four assists. 
uh, doing a lot of good work on that first line with Jamie Benn. And uh, there's no reason to think it won't continue for the rest of the regular season. And uh, in a similar mode, Jacob Silverberg. This guy was a highly touted second-round pick when he was plucked out of the draft a few years ago. And he, he was moved on a deal to Anaheim and kind of found his way into the top. They have three forward lines that I would I would juggle and feel good about in terms of their offense capabilities. He is up to 37% owned, and I think good value for an Anaheim team that's really found its stride in the second half. They're one of the more dominant teams in all of hockey, and Silverberg's been a central part of that offense. Yeah, he's another one who's been hot lately with that uh, hat trick plus assist game uh, 10 days ago setting him off on a streak that's now seen him pick up uh, eight points in the last five games. Uh, you know, this is a guy whose talent I've always loved uh, going back to, I remember seeing him uh, really, you know, I, I wasn't watching the Ducks a lot, of course, and then you see him in the, in the playoffs, and I thought I was really impressed by him uh, in the playoffs a number of years back. Been waiting, waiting, waiting for this big breakout. Uh, I don't know if it's quite here. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably not going to clear 40 points this season unless he really makes a run at the end here. But uh, there's a lot to love about Jacob Silverberg uh, in terms of what he can bring you uh, in a fantasy situation. Yeah, I, I just can't believe there's 63% of leagues out there that aren't taking a look at this guy. Uh, even though it's the late stage of the season, he can pay heavy-duty heavy, heavy duty rewards down the stretch. Uh, a guy who's been put into, into a role uh, unexpectedly is in Scott Dar Darling in Chicago. He is owned only in 27 percent of pools out there. You might expect that low number for a backup goalie, even though he's in Chicago. Andrew, but he's been pushed into the breach because uh, the starting goalie is uh, sidelined. We don't know how long. They're being a little cryptic with some of the word out there. And this kind of this is the kind of thing that happened last year when Scott Darling went on a bit of a run in the playoffs. Yeah, Crawford uh, still not skating. We don't know exactly when he's going to get back on the ice. So uh, it's it's not a bad idea, especially if you're a Crawford owner. I mean, Darling is is a must own right now as as insurance down the stretch here. What about uh, Devontae Smith-Pally? This is another guy in the mold of the power forwards that you know I like, and he's getting a shot in New Jersey. This is a team that, that uh, competed very well for much of the season with a bit of a strange mix. I didn't like the, the mix of second-rate offensive uh, veterans that they put together, but this is one guy who's a younger guy who's found his niche maybe as a top-six forward, a power forward type, and his uh, stock has gone up a little bit. He's still only owned in 11% of pools, but he's found his way into the top six in Jersey. And with nothing to play for except for a further audition, I think he's got every opportunity to pad his stats the rest of the way. Yeah, speaking of those generally mediocre veterans in, in New Jersey, or, or formerly in New Jersey, saw Lee Stepniak almost have a hat trick against the, the Rangers last night, one of those revenge hat tricks. <laughs> uh, except that he had a goal taken away from him on video review and then another one that didn't quite cross the goal line and so wasn't uh, ruled a goal after a review. But yeah, as for Smith-Pelly, he certainly uh, found a home in New Jersey uh, in, a, in a very unexpected way, really breaking out here. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say if it's, it's going to continue, uh, but he's one of those guys that, you know, you might as well ride him while he's hot. Someone's got to score on this team, and they've been continually getting surprising production out of guys you wouldn't expect it out of well andrew i'm going to defer to you with the next guy kevin klein what can you tell our uh, listeners about kevin R klein and the new york rangers his uh, ownership went up six percent in the past week he's a guy with some offensive upside and the rangers have bolstered their offensive with the group at fo uh, forward with the addition of eric stahl so that's three fo good forward lines there in front of him that he can work with i expect some some production from this guy do you yeah, you know, he's a guy who I uh, unfortunately dumped off my Dynasty League roster before he went on this recent run, uh, 
which is, is just brutal. Seven points in the last six games could could really be helping me right now, <laughs> especially when it goes along with 12 hits, which that league counts. Nice. But, uh, yeah, you know, Klein has been, I think, uh, a function of, of the Rangers sort of shifting up their strategy a little bit. They they were in a bit of a midseason malaise, uh, kind of up and down. They, I've noticed uh, all the defensemen really have been jumping in on the play more, and Klein has been one who's who's always shown a willingness to do that when uh, the coaches allow him to. They're they're taking the reins off. They're letting him jump in on the play on five on five, and uh, and we're seeing him produce some offense because of that. And one team that's been producing a good amount of offense just got their starting goalie back, Andrew. Arizona Coyotes, welcome back Mike Smith, and his ownership is back up to 50%. It went up 5% in the past week. He's not going to get this team in the playoffs, but they've already uh, improved significantly over last year. We've talked about their good array of rookies that they've introduced. Shane Doan has found the fountain of youth offensively, so there's some pucks going in at the other end. Might this guy get some wins down the stretch, and is he worth a bit of a look if you're in need of some goalie help? Yeah, I think you need a goalie. You you look you know you look at your waiver wire. You're probably not going to find a guy who's gone you know three and one in the last four games with no save percentage lower than nine thirty one. Uh, you know you got to go and, and get him while he's hot. You have to expect that you're going to hit a, a rocky road at some point because that's just been the way of things for Smith. You know uh, last year or early on this year, and and you know the the Coyotes aren't that good, but. He's playing well, and, and, you know, this is all about riding the hot hand. Absolutely, and in terms of riding the, rod ha- uh, the hot hand, the Maple Leafs, I'll close this out with uh, Willie Nylander. He's owned in 30 34% of Yahoo leagues out there, Andrew. This guy looks like a stash candidate for me. I put him on my, my roster, even though I won my, my league, and it's a holdover league next year. I'm going to take a look at him over the, season, over the offseason and uh, see if he's ready to take the next step. I think this kid's got all the tools offensively, and uh, he's going to be put in a very good situation in Toronto next year. And uh, for all the world, looks very comfortable right now with a 12-game audition under his belt, and the points are starting to come. Oh, yeah, he's exploded over the last couple of games. Uh, a goal and an assist against Buffalo and two days later. A goal and two assists against Calgary. Always love it when they play that little game of uh, one-upping themselves, don't you? Absolutely. And, Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor to give our listeners a, the Rotowire plug at this point in time. <laughs> Always got to introduce the plug. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, those our listeners should know by now. Honestly, I shouldn't even have to tell you this by now, but we're here. We'll tell you. And we're obliged by the people that pay us, so let's make it good. <laughs> don't, don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. Uh, rotowire.com slash pod. Get yourself a free 10-day trial subscription to rotowire.com. Check out the website. Check out plenty of fantasy analysis across all the major sports. Check out our fellow podcasters. We're not the only podcast. God knows. If we were, oh. <laughs> we're just the best. Yeah, we're only the greatest one. If you see what I did there. Rotowire.com slash pod, short and sweet. Beautiful. Let's swing over to injury news in the past week, Andrew. There's been some big names and key players that have come off the list and others that have gone on it. Let's touch. You touched on one with uh, the mention of Corey Crawford. Let, uh, let's also add to that list uh, David Perron in Anaheim. Now, I was touting this guy early on in the, uh, this year because as soon as they made the deal, I thought this is last chance for this guy to find a, a good offensive fit. He was tried in St. Louis and failed, tried in Pittsburgh and failed. Things have been working out better in, in Anaheim so Much far. Better. 
But he's he's out with a shoulder injury, and they're calling it week to week, so it's fairly significant. And uh, I wonder if people should consider stashing him over the off season and into the new year. Well, I know the the bugaboo for Perron has always been uh, staying on the ice, and 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 not only staying on the ice, but remaining consistent while he does so. It seems like he's always either hurt or inconsistent. And, you know, we saw some consistency from him after he came to Anaheim, but he was already starting to flag even before he suffered the shoulder injury. Had a, a just one point over six games with only six shots on goal in that span. So, uh, you know, Perron is the kind of uh, middling fantasy asset I feel like you can always get uh, at a price in a draft. Well, next on the list is an interesting name for me. From Buffalo, Robin Leonard, their goalie, their starting goalie, uh, and the goalie of the future, I think they they believe over there, is out with an ankle injury. He may not come back the rest of this season, Andrew. A key uh, blow to the Sabres uh, if you want to get them in some late-season hockey wins for your pools this year. But really, the big picture is this guy, I see him as the guy uh, that could hold down the fort long-term in an improve, very much improving situation in Buffalo. I got a look at them a week ago without Eichel in the lineup, and uh, there's still a lot of other young guns around him. So he's well-insulated there, and a big-body goalie. The, I like them big in the nets, and uh, this guy, <laughs> this guy, this guy uh, has all the tools and uh, uh, definitely a stash candidate for me. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, Leonard obviously had this year really derailed by this ankle injury, which I think, considering that we're seeing it uh, recur now, uh, is probably some something that, you know, he may have been not entirely healed when he came back. Uh, you know, played a, a couple of months on it, and now he's out again. And, uh, you know, this just has to be thrown away for him as a, a lost year, even for the Sabres as a whole. Uh, you know, we thought that we were going to see a real advance there, but th- what we've really seen is uh, Dan Bowsman installing his system, Jack Eichel maturing, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen maturing, some of these other guy, young guys coming up and uh, establishing themselves as NHLers. I think you could really see Buffalo take a step forward next year. Uh, in in Carolina, you pointed out just before we went to air when we were making our FanDuel picks, uh, we don't we still don't know the bulk of each other's rosters, which is cool. It's coming up shortly. But Justin Falk draws back into the lineup. He was out with an ankle injury, and, and Andrew, people will forget that this guy was the, the centerpiece of their offense pretty much, and and the power play quarterback earlier in the season. He was among the league leaders among defensemen scoring. Yeah, and we need a spoiler alert here. You're you're ruining my. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say who picked him. I just said we talked about. Oh well, I'm ruining it now. Oh, someone's someone's ruining it. Is the point? It's all over. Well, Falk, uh, as you know, uh, one of the, you know, one of the most prolific scorers on the power play before he went down with this uh, injury for for quite a period of time. It really lingered, and I think that the, the Hurricanes probably let it linger on a little bit longer than they would have if they were in contention. Uh, considering that you know they really didn't have anything to play for, we might as well let him get uh, to a real 100% before bringing him back. That's why, spoiler alert, he will be in my FanDuel lineup that we'll talk you about said in a few it, minutes. You said it, I didn't. But, uh, <laughs> Colorado's a team that's got to be really crying the blues over the over the fact that Matt Duchesne and, and uh, Nate McKinnon are both out with knee injuries. They're not considered major injuries, which is interesting. I don't really, I've never really heard of too many minor knee and injuries. And full tweak. But uh, let's hope for Colorado fans that that's all it is. They're both out for the next two games, and they're not saying anything more than that. But if they're out for any longer than that, Andrew, this team's playoffs hopes are are dashed, quite simply. Yeah, that's a lot of talent to lose up front, uh, especially when you're fighting uh, to make it into the playoffs. It's uh, it's, uh, definitely a tough break for the the 
halves, but uh, they're going to have to to make the best of it with the likes of uh, Carl Soderberg and Mikhail Gregorenko. They just called up Miko Rantanen, who's their first-round pick this in this past year's draft. So uh, at least they've got some talent to step into the gap uh, in this little interim. And then we got a trio of teams that are going to hopefully make long playoff runs that are each missing a significant parts, two of which are going to come back very shortly. But we'll begin with a guy who is out with a lower body injury in San Jose, Mark Edward Vlasic. This guy has had a career offensive season, and he's not even playing with Brett Burns on, on uh, the defense there. So he's doing it on his own and put up some great totals this year. But he's out at least one more week with a lower body injury. Owners th- that have had Vlasic uh, got a great return that was unexpected. But he's a guy that already made the Team Canada roster a number of times in his career. He's a very quality, high-quality player, just added some offense to the mix this year. And uh, if you had him all year long, you're missing out now, and it's got to hurt a little bit. You know, it's funny. I the last time that I owned pickles, uh, it's just a great nickname, by the way. Why do they call him that? I wonder. You don't know why? No. Uh, Vlasic is a it's a brand of uh, jarred pickles. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> so the last time I owned pickles was 2008, the 2008 season, 2008 09. Uh, he he had that 36 point season. I remember owning him that year. I was great. Uh, but then uh, since then, he's just been a, a black hole for fantasy purposes. Obviously, a, a very steady presence on the blue line for the Sharks, but you know, more of a, a puck mover than a scorer. But he's blown up these last couple of years. He's learned to shoot a little better. At nine goals last year, eight goals this year. He definitely missed from fantasy lineups while he's out with this lower body injury. Nice. Now I got to try for, to get us that sponsor next week after that big plug. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, Alex Steen in St. Louis. This is a guy that I really like. Plays a strong two-way game and is a, obviously a top six anchor in Saint, in the St. Louis offense. Been out for a while with an upper body hurt, and uh, they were initially saying he was probably going to be ready for the playoffs. But they are, our update tells me that his his return is day to day right now. He's having problems shooting the puck. But as soon as he's ready to go, I think you got to slap this guy in your lineup for sure. Yeah, as soon as Steen's back, he's definitely got to get back into fantasy lineups. But this has always been the rap on him. He, he never gets to play 82, always misses a few games with the bumps and bruises and bangs. And, you know, just, you know, you look back at the, you know, the career stats, and it's been also since 2008-09 a big year for being mentioned right now. <laughs> uh, we got to uh, find a retro played more than 80 games and uh you know you look last year 74 the year before 68 40 43 you know it's it's just been a consistent situation where you know that when you have Alex Steen on your fantasy team you better have a backup plan and I wonder if Washington's starting to feel the same way about John Carlson Andrew this guy has been out for about a month with a lower body hurt he was the the guy that patrolled the point on the power play uh, with the, the big shots that they can put out there. So a must-have at the f- a really top end of all defensemen in the league. And uh, he may return in one of the next two nights. they got back-to-backs coming up, so I don't expect them to play both back from that kind of an injury, but uh, that remains to be seen. However, as soon as he gets back in, he's another guy that must start. In his absence, I think Matt Niskanen has done a great job and has increased his status around fantasy leagues everywhere too. Yeah, Niskanen's always a nice short-term play whenever Carlson's not in the lineup. Even though he hasn't been the the most productive uh, this time since Carlson went down, especially when you compare it to what he did before, uh, he's now gone scoreless in five straight. So the Capitals will surely be happy to get uh, John Carlson back probably this weekend. All right, Andrew, you teased it earlier. It's time. It's time. I feel like that boxing announcer. <laughs> it's time. Let's get ready to rumble. It's time. 
<laughs> All right. We have to pay someone for me saying that. Okay. That's it. <laughs> All right. So lead Guys, us off. FanDuel.com. We've mentioned it already. You can play one-day fantasy sports for real money. Building a team is easy. So easy I did it in just a couple minutes right before we started recording this show. Pick your players. Stay under the salary cap. Sit back on uh, on Sunday if you're playing football or any day if you're playing any of the other sports and watch your team win. Baseball season's coming up. I got 162 FanDuel games you can play. That's uh, that's quite a lot of leagues. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Let's get into it. Let's talk about our lineups. I know, uh, as usual, we've got uh, differences of opinion, which is great. Uh, we can highlight a number of players. And as is our want, we will start in goal. And I will start with a man whose photo still has him wearing a Maple Leafs jersey, but he ain't playing there. And that's James Reimer. <laughs> tonight, uh, the Sharks hosting Edmonton, uh, a very bad road team. Uh, I think that, that uh, a cake matchup for Reimer whenever he's he's in there. And uh, he's, he's really seen an increase in value whenever he gets the call for San Jose behind Martin Jones there. 7500 uh completely a bargain, I think, next to all these other guys. Uh, you look at uh, the Frederick Andersons of the world, who you know is perhaps my favorite goalie coming into tonight. Uh, if I was going to be ranking them, I would say uh, Anderson is probably the, the guy I would take first. Well, he's 9300 You're paying 2000 almost more for him. I'd rather take that savings. I'm going to stick with James Reimer. Well, I'm going to counter that with another guy who is not ranked in the top 15 goalies of anybody's league lists, but uh, Devin Dubnik's been a real great story since he moved over to Minnesota, found his groove. He's $8,100, a little more than Rhymes is tonight, but uh, Dubnik, you can't quarrel with his stats. He's coming into this game again, hosting the uh, Calgary Flames, who are one of the worst road teams in the NHL. I look at that as well. Well, Minnesota always a tough out at home. And uh, Doobie's got three wins under his belt in the last three starts with a total of five goals against and uh, at least 29 saves in each of those contests. Uh, and each save counts for point two points uh, in our FanDuel scoring. So that's pretty good value for me, uh, given that it is still over eight grand. Yeah, when you, uh, when you look at this goalie list, uh, one name that pops out at me as as you look down toward the the somewhat cheaper goalies is Peter Mrazek, who's you know getting back out there for his first start tonight in uh, in nine days. Had been struggling recently, uh, has had a few blowups. Uh, you know, Jimmy Howard kind of played well in his absence, then he didn't. Uh, you know, typical Jimmy Howard stuff. So you look at Mrazek at 8,400 tonight against a, a bad team in the Montreal Canadiens. What do you think about that? That was my second choice. Actually, oh, good, uh, good reading of my mind there, because I always look for the soft matchup, and uh, Mrazek and the Red Wings really have something to play for, and they won't take a misstep against the Habs. So that's that was my 1B choice, if I have to say. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's take a shift over to the blue line there, because I've already spoiled one of my picks, and that's uh, Justin Falk making his return tonight. Uh, in, a, in a good situation against a, a Columbus team that's not not very good, not a very good penalty killing team. He's only 5400 here as the the price has fallen while while the absence lingered. So I think uh, full value on Falk tonight. And of course, he is accompanied by the eternal start until they start making me pay the Brent Burns price for him, and that's Shane Gostisbehere. 
<laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. We've talked about it almost every week in this segment, and uh, you're quite right. The guy's been a prolific uh, addition to most fantasy lineups and rewarding his, uh, his loyal owners on a regular basis. Yeah, Gostasper actually uh, scored without a point in four straight. I feel like he's overdue to blow up in Colorado tonight against uh, Semyon Varlamov, who I think is overdue to get blown up. Well, and and uh, I who so you mentioned the, your two guys. I'll counter with big names, one of whom is remarkably lower, lowly priced, and that's Shea Weber. I find for fifty seven hundred bucks, this perennial Norris candidate with the booming Canada of a shot against the Vancouver team that's in disarray is a good bet, particularly when he's playing at home. And so for fifty seven hundred bucks, I throw him in there and uh, feel really good about that. The other guy, I loaded I like up on your thinking there. I loaded up in defense. I was thinking of putting Burns in there, but for about $1,100, $1,200 less, I went for the number two guy on the board, and that's Chris Letang. The Penguins are playing lights out right now. They haven't missed a, haven't missed a beat, even though Malkin's been out of the lineup and will miss the rest of the season, uh, regular season anyway. And they got a softer touch uh, than usual when they faced New Jersey, who are bringing in a guy for his second game in the NHL as the opposing goalie. So I like that matchup with Pittsburgh at home. 7300 bucks, I think, is money well spent on Chris Letang. That's where the bulk of my money went uh, on these two high-end defensemen. Uh, well, let me tell you where the bulk of my money went, and that's to to buying the next one and the next next one okay. for center. I'm rolling out Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. Crosby at a, a, a day-high 10100 salary facing the, let's be honest, not good New Jersey Devils who are rolling out Scott Wedgwood in his second NHL game. Crosby on a tear, as anyone who follows the league will know, putting up a kind of points per game on, on FanDuel that you, you generally see from a goalie, not from a skater. So uh, I think an easy choice. And McDavid, uh, a little bit of a, a contrarian play to, to hedge my Reimer bet. Uh, but even if Reimer plays well, if anyone scores for Edmonton, it's going to be this guy. Well, and I, as a Leaf fan, I hope Edmonton fills in that. They gotta, they gotta get some more points in the standings there. So go, go Oilers. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, a one nothing, where like McDavid, you know, scores the goal <laughs> is is totally fine with me. Or, or well, really, a t- you're right. It should be like a, a three two where Reimer makes like fifty eight saves. Uh, that would be great. So, uh, who's it? Uh, who's it that made the fifty one saves the other day? You see oh, that? I yeah, I did see it. Who was it? That was uh, Mason. I wrote the note Mason. about it. Yeah, it Mason. Steve Mason. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had him. I picked him that night, and he got me a pile of points. Too oh, bad yeah. he didn't get the win. That would have been a cherry on top. But, He'll probably uh, start in, uh, in Anaheim tonight. Or not Anaheim. In, in, against the Avalanche tonight. Well, and I can tell you about Reimer, uh, having watched most of his efforts, the four, he has a remarkable win percentage when he stops 40 or more uh, shots in a game. Uh, he's like a 700 win percentage career-wise, so your your wish might just happen. Yeah, and when you get to play for the Leafs, uh, you get to face 40 shots a lot, too. No, not, <laughs> this, not this year. Not this year. No, no. The worm is turning. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll counter with my centers. They're not the name brand recognition of yours, but uh, we talked a bit about Jason Spezza earlier. He's got eight goals and two assists in his last ten games, really filling the net offensively, and I, did, I think undervalued at 6300 bucks, facing an Arizona team that's playing out the string and uh, 
they they don't pay attention to defense much at the best of times. So this is a bit of a bad matchup for, for the, the Coyotes, I think, and Spezza could be the beneficiary there. Then another guy who's been on fire for Florida in a key battle in Boston is Vincent Trocek. He's been uh, very prolific and productive in the last couple of weeks, and so I'm going to ride that hot hand. And he's priced accordingly, 7200 bucks. so I didn't get him cheap. Another guy that you can roll out taking advantage of that Dallas-Arizona matchup at center is Cody Eakin at 4700 Dirt, dirt, dirt cheap tonight uh, in a, a really a nice matchup and a great situation for him, as we've discussed. And we did say that he's been one of the guys that's most added, so there are people that are paying attention to him. A good good point there, Andrew. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's, let's go wing side. Let's go – we'll go starboard first. All right. And uh, That's the right side, right? That's the one. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you're not one of those seafaring Canadians. Oh, right? I am, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just pulling your chain there a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, this, of course, having spent all my money uh, at center, I, I cheaped out on the wings. I've got Tyler Toffoli again. Uh, I have to say he hasn't always been working out. Uh, I tend to, I seem to tend to pick the nights that he doesn't score. But, uh, you know, a nice matchup tonight in Winnipeg, a nice price at 5500 and for the other one, I'm going with Charlie Coyle. Uh, you know, someone's got to score for this Minnesota team. Coyle's been in a bit of a goal slump, but he's been racking up assists. I think he's going to get back in the goal column tonight. And you know what? I agreed with you on the Coyle pick. That's $4,500, a good value. And this guy is a guy they roll out in the last five minutes of any game that's uh, within a two-goal margin. And the bulk of his uh, goals, actually, a number of his goals, have come with an empty net. So I'm counting on that to be a situation and factor tonight when picking him like you did. But the other guy that I went for was Dylan Larkin on the on the right wing against Montreal. This is a Montreal team that's been decimated by injuries and uh We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'll tease uh, something at the end of our show with that comment. But Dylan Larkin is a guy who has fallen off the radar a little bit in terms of the rookie scoring race. But believe me, he's still worth five grand on in this matchup, and I feel really good about that one. Well, I'm going to let you feel good about it. it. Seems sounds good to me. Let's go to the left wing. <laughs> Man. You okay? Uh, yeah, I just got a little choked up. You know, choked up talking about fan the Fanduel kind of. It's really it gets. I get emotional about it. Mm. I do. I do when I win. <laughs> yeah, I do when I win too. So I've been I've been real emotional lately. <laughs> so on the left wing again, I uh, I had to cheap out. So anyone looking for uh, value options on the wings can can look right at my team tonight because I I think I've got all of them. I've got another guy returning from injury since Justin Falk wasn't enough, and that's Nikolai Ehlers. He's on the other side of that L.A.-Winnipeg matchup, coming back from uh, an eye injury. Uh, took a puck to the face, so it wasn't too pretty. But before that, he was streaking. He was putting up a lot of points, playing in a, a really premier role. I think he's going to jump right back into that, and uh, there's no reason he shouldn't contribute in his first game back on the ice. For the other one, that's it's a kind of a, well, Duchesne and McKinnon are hurt. Who's going to step up in the score now for Colorado? And I think that it's going to be Mikel Bodker, four points in his last three games, uh, really starting to hit his stride as a member of the Avs. And at 4,400, uh, you can't beat the value. And I went a little bit more expensive than you, Andrew, there. Uh, I looked at a guy who's got seven points in his last six games for San Jose. He's got that favorable matchup with Edmonton rolling into town and not knowing much about the, the defensive side of the puck lately. The, for $5,700, I think a good value there. The, I compliment him with that same favorable matchup that Detroit has. 
so most of my thinking went into the matchups here and then looking at the players who might take advantage. Gustav Nyquist is another guy whose uh, press clippings have died down, but he's still a, a consistent scoring threat every time he laces him up. And against a team that uh, is, is floundering in Montreal, uh, Detroit has the home game, so he'll avoid their top checkers, and I think he has a chance to score a couple of goals tonight in that one. Who is the other, the other one? Thomas Hurdle and Gustav Nyquist. Uh, Hurdle, I don't, I don't know if you said his name. I, oh, I, I, okay. I, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I just assumed it was Hurdle anyway, but I, <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Okay, it's Thomas Hurdle on the left side against Edmonton for San Jose and Gustav Nyquist for, Mont- for Detroit against Montreal. Two uh, left wingers who I think will prey on home ice advantage against two mediocre clubs. Yeah, I'm kind of second-guessing myself. I'm wondering if I might clip Crosby out of my lineup and, uh, and go with an Eakin-Ben combo, uh, where, which might even enable me to spend a little more somewhere else. It certainly would. Eakin, Eakin's half the price of Crosby, so you got some flexibility there. Yeah, but he costs about as much as a, a bunch of these uh, wingers that I've got. Oh, true. Okay. With, with yeah. Ben. But yeah, uh, certainly a couple, I'm going to save a couple Gs there that I could use. That's interesting. Food for thought, and uh, the roster shuffling of FanDuel is the part that I like the most, Andrew. When I'm close to the figuring out the end of the lineup, I say, oh, I have a couple of hundred dollars more to spend, and then it s- sets up like uh, an avalanche of stuff going the other way. I revamp my lineup three or four times before I settle on something, but I quite enjoy the exercise. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it can lead to, to some regrets, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's all right. You gotta you got to roll with the punches and, uh, and join the over one million other users who've already won money on FanDuel. It's never too late to join. Come play with us uh, every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to the website, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use our code RWPOD, sign up, get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. That's uh, $60 in value for just $25 with code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-L-D-U-E-L. I can spell, I promise. It's one of the main (laughs) parts of my job. .com. Sign up today. Excellent. And let's uh, swing over to the uh, last portion of our show where we talk about my uh, stud of the week and our rant of the week. And today, uh, for the stud of the week, I just looked at the stats, Andrew, and I thought, this guy's made a hell of a return to the St. Louis lineup. Brian Elliott, he's been out for a month of action. What does he do? He comes back, and you know we know that he shares the net with, with Jake Allen, who's been up and down in the last little while, and he had his own injury problems earlier in the year. But Elliot, what does he do? He gets two straight shutouts and uh, turning aside all 50, 56 shots that he's faced. That's a, a, a whole whack of points in fan duel land. But uh, the key issue here is they both want to be the number one guy heading into the playoffs. And I think Brian Elliot got, Elliot got a leg up on Allen with these two starts. Yeah, and uh, to talk about Allen a little bit, because I just got an offer – trade offer concerning him in my dynasty league i was offered allen and uh, you know some other piece of crap uh <laughs> for uh for peter mrazek now what do you think about that i, I like mrazek i think you got the unquestioned number one goalie in in detroit rather than the guy who's battling for the gig in st louis i don't think elliot's a... contract is up this year i will say well that. and and so that's a key consideration so you got to factor that into the equation and and in detroit really i know for a fact that that they want to dump jimmy howard in the worst oh, yeah. way so there's no question that that Mrazek's going to be the number one guy there there is a shred of doubt in my mind about what they're going to do between elliot and allen i i lean like you toward allen being the guy but what if 
they they decide let's let's get this 200 monster back in tow or else Elliot goes to a lesser situation. There's too many variables there that concern me. I'd rather go with the sure thing, and in in that trade, it looks like Mrazek to me. Yeah, and Allen's had some injuries, uh, as we know, he, he missed some time this year. He's never really had had a full NHL workload, which Mrazek is experiencing for the first time this year. So yeah, that's that's why I favor Mrazek also, but. It's a it's a tough call when you with these goalies, especially from year to year. You're going to see a lot of variation. One year one guy's on top, another year another guy's on top, and it makes it really difficult to value them in these dynasty formats. True enough, and I mean even in the past week, we I, I've heard some little whispers about concerns about Braden Holtby. This guy has been one of the top. That's, the, that's my other goalie. Yeah, he's one of the these top guys. Have guys. Been killing me. I've been yeah, plummeting been, into standings. From, he's been excellent for me all year long, and uh, my, my anchor in the nets, and uh, you know, but he's struggled in the last few weeks and. Uh, maybe uh, some time time off will will uh, right his ship, but he's also they're also trying to get him the season record for goalie wins. So that's uh, that's uh, something that they're weighing, and uh, the pros and cons of that can fall on either side of the equation. There, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for Holtby. But you you can never be sure with the goalies, and so you got to guess right there, Andrew. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's that's exactly right. But let's uh, go on. Rant at me a little bit. Well, the rant, I, I kind of do this one tongue-in-cheek because as a Toronto fan, you got to love it when Montreal is <laughs> struggling. And, and the Montreal management team is really uh, making me second-guess them because they're entertaining big player returns from injury in the coming days to let two of their absolute star players play out the string. I don't see any value in bringing back P.K. Subban, who suffered a, what looked like a serious uh, neck injury, uh, any time before the end of the season. And then Carey Price has been skating his ass off in the last several weeks trying to get back in shape with a, a leg injury that's kept him out for three quarters of the season. Why on earth are they bringing these guys back at this late stage of the season? I don't understand it. Were I in charge, I'd shut them down and say, see you guys in, in September, take good care, make a full recovery, and let's not take, a, take any chances on any setbacks with, with a premature return in games that mean absolutely nothing. And the fact of the matter is, this team should, and their fans should want to lose more of their games on the on the way out to the rest of the season because there is a draft lottery coming. The Canadians will be in there, and they should they should be uh, doing their best to field an ordinary looking lineup and not get a boost from the two players that we've mentioned. Hey, come on! They need to sell season ticket plans for next year. I <laughs> get Price and Subban in there to remind the fans what they're paying for. Well, and you know what? That team has, has really uh, tried to restructure itself, and I'm not sure that we aren't seeing the tip of a, a bit of a rebuilding situation in Montreal, but you can't mess around with these two guys, and I, I'm, I think it's absurd that they're even entertaining the possibility. They show clips every night. They're skating hard in practice. They're a day for two from return. We want to see what, the, what kind of shape they're in in games 80, through 80, 80 to 82. Makes no sense to me, Andrew. Yeah, I feel like... The the Habs though with you know with a healthy Carey Price with a healthy PK Subban going into next year with what we've seen from Brendan Gallagher from Alex Galchenyuk the breakout that Galchenyuk has had this year I don't I don't think that you go into a long rebuild I think you want to capitalize on the guys you've got I think you want to play the the market in the off season sign a big free agent or two uh, especially to shore up that blue line someone besides Subban back there especially with Andre Markov getting so old. So old. <laughs> we called that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, although he's he's come on a little. Uh, he's been better uh, in the second half, a little bit. 
marginally. He's still never going to be on my radar at, at 38 years of age. And Well, uh, we're not drafting him in our keeper league, that's for sure. No, that's for sure. That's a wrap for another episode of The Great Ones, Rotowire's hockey podcast. For Andrew Fiorentino, I'm Paul Bruno, thanking you for giving us a listen and inviting you to come back and catch the next episode of our show a week from now. So long, everybody.